This is literally everything. 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 It's time to cut off all communication with the outside world. Dust off your old VCR and gather your collection of mixtapes. Then tease those bangs, put on your favorite pair of leg warmers. The nostalgia bug has bitten and we are here to scratch the itch. I'm Odell. I'm Aaron. It's time to go back where we belong. Howdy, peeps. Welcome to episode five. Yes. We're, we're in. So exciting. We're up to our toes now in we're this one. We're in it. Whereas... The other one, we were over our heads. So, <laughs> <laughs> But welcome if you're new to the show. We hope you enjoy your stay. Don't forget to follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And if you like watching your podcasts, check out our YouTube channel. I have all kinds of fun graphics. And I even have a TV style intro. Adorable. I need to check this out. You do. Gosh, I'm so bad about that stuff. Whenever it's our own stuff, I'm terrible about it. So the movie of the day was released on October 21st, 1988. So let's take a nostalgia trip. Look at what was happening back then. So I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. I was at the tail end of 16 years old. So I had like, what, one, two, three, four more months until I turned 17. Okay. You would have been 10. I, was, I had just turned 10 years old. I was in fourth grade. So this was uh yeah fourth wait october 21st mm-hmm. okay. oh god do you know exactly what you were doing on october 21st <laughs> 1988 <laughs> not on that day i do know well i do know that i was in carmen at houston grand opera um i played a poor little french boy <laughs> and it was very it was not pc i was supposed to be spanish I'm extremely okay. pale and white. <laughs> right. They had to color me. Oh, geez. I mean, so, so horribly wrong. So horribly yeah. wrong. That was just such the norm back then. So, yes, I was doing Carmen at Houston Grand Opera. And this was right before my uncle died. And the last show he ever saw me in was Carmen. So, wow. And I know it opened in October of 88. So I remember that. I don't know what I was doing exactly. I just know that I was a junior in high school and, you know, whatever. Just looking forward to one more, a year and a half more of high school and then I could get the fuck out of Idaho. So that's all I know. But fun facts about this month, according to onthisday.com, on October 12th. (laughs) Oh, God, what? Pope John Paul II was the target of anti-popple heckling by Protestant leader Ian Paisley at a European Parliament meeting in Strasbourg, France. Who heckles the Pope? Oh, my God. You can do that? <laughs> and what do you say? <laughs> like, what's considered Right. What's considered heckling a Pope? Hope you like your crackers <laughs> that don't have any taste. I mean, what? Your wine what is you shit. <laughs> I don't. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know of people like, that's just a funny way to put it, because I know of people like protesting the Pope. Right, but, but he heckling? was heckled. <laughs> and this by like another uh, person yep. of religious power? Yep, Is a that, Protestant oh, leader. Man. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. I wish I, I wonder if there's video of that. I don't know. The Summer Olympics were also held this month in Seoul, Korea. I won't get into specifics on medals and shit because it was the beginning of the month and I don't want to eat up all the happenings in case we come back to this month in the future. Right. But going later in the month, Roseanne premiered on ABC on October 18th, 1988. So just three days before that. I did too. Um, And I like The Connors now. I haven't watched The Connors. Yeah, I haven't watched it. But on October 19th, Roxette, who I loved, released their album titled Look Sharp. This contained their hits Dressed for Success and Listen to Your Heart. Ooh, Listen to Your Heart is a good one. Mm -hmm. I told you that with that song. Uh, it must have been love that Emma always thought it must have been love, but it's awkward now. <laughs> <laughs> Which fits. <laughs> I think it's perfect. Um, on October 20th, a man armed with explosives blew himself up in a New York subway station at 125th Street. I don't remember oh, that. Oh, God, I don't either. 
And then on October 21st, which was the day of our movie's premiere, Geraldo Rivera aired a special titled Devil Worship, Exposing Satan's Underground. Oh, jeez. Gotta love the satanic panic. Even we can't get away from it, even on this podcast. We cannot <laughs> it, get away from that It constantly panic. came up anytime we covered a case Good from the 80s Lord. or 90s on Six Degrees. Yep. Also, that was Elton so John. so popular back then. That was such mm-hmm. a thing. And UFOs. Yes. Yep. Satanic yes. panic and UFOs. Elton John sold out Madison Square Garden for a record 26th time. And U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor survived breast cancer surgery on this day as well. Oh, good for her. Mm -hmm. Now, according to the Top40Weekly.com, the top 10 songs this week were, at number 10, we had The Locomotion by Kylie Minogue. Girl, I used to dance to that all the time in my living room. Yep. Number nine, we had Don't Be Cruel by Cheap Trick. Okay. But then at number eight, we had Don't Be Cruel by Bobby Brown. <laughs> yes. None of these are to be mixed up with Don't Be Cruel by Elvis Presley decades exactly. earlier. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. At number seven, Don't You Know What the Night Can Do by Steve Winwood. Do not remember that mm-hmm. song at all. At number six, we had Kokomo by the Beach Boys, mm. which was on the charts for fucking ever, thanks to Cocktail. I was going to say, thank you, Cocktail. When are we doing that movie? Oh, it's on our list. Oh, my God. Uh, number five, we had Wild Wild West by The Escape Club. Remember that one? Good song. Number four, most amazing song ever, Love Bites by Def Leppard. I mean, come on. It bleeds. <laughs> number bringing three, me to my knees, <laughs> God. Number three, What's On Your Mind, Pure Energy by Information Society. I remember okay. that song. Number two, A Little Red Red Wine by UB40. Mm. I, I hated that song. Every God, time it came I on, loved, I was like, oh my loved. God. UB40 was that band that I would never, ever buy an album, but I would mm-hmm. also never switch the radio station. <laughs> really? I hated ever. that song. Ever. And number one, we had Groovy Kind of Love by Phil Collins. Such a good song. <laughs> I didn't really care for that one. So each week, we both pick a song from that week's Top 40 to add to our ongoing playlist, and whoever picked that week's movie gets to add a third song with the caveat that it should be played in the movie at some point if it was in that decade. Right. Otherwise, we pick our second from the Top 40. So my first choice Mm -hmm. sat at number 39 this week. Okay. And it was Walk on Water by Eddie Money. Oh, yeah. Remember that song? <laughs> I do remember I that I love song. me some Eddie Money. I loved his voice. Eddie Money was freaking fantastic. And I've we've been trying to do some of his music in the band for a long time like now. Take Me Home Tonight? Yes, we have actually loved done. That one. Wait, did he do Two Tickets to Paradise? Is that uh, Eddie Money? Maybe. I feel like that is Eddie Money. I think so. Okay. You know what mine is? What? Uh, let me see where it stood. Hold on. because I want to be able to say this. Oh, stood at number 21. Little I hate myself for loving you. John love that, song. that was my Hearts. other that was my other choice. Yes. For my second. That is a great freaking song. I love me some Joan Jett. So I'm mm. going to go with Love Bites for my other one. That was my third that I had on my list. Yes. Yep. I chose that as my first pick for a second but then i had i hate myself for loving you because i thought oh, she's gonna go with love bites so i need a backup yes <laughs> all right so if you check the playlist they are available on our website uh, we have one for the 70s 80s then we have one for 90s that tickles into the 2000s too when we do movies from that decade tickles um so it. you can access them the links from our website and you can download and subscribe to them on apple music or spotify Oh, and by the way, last week I chose Set Adrift on Memory Bliss as my song. Uh-huh. But when I was searching to add it to the playlist, it's not available anymore because I guess there were rights issues or something because that song oh, heavily no. samples True by Spando Ballet. So I switched my song last week to Can't Let Go by Mariah Carey. Okay. What year was that? 1992. Okay. I also have a throwback toy, one that was what? big in the in 88s. These were called Dolly Surprise. Do you remember them? Yes, of course I remember the Dolly Surprise. You can make their hair grow? Yes. Hold on, I'm going to look this up. Move her arm to change her hair from short and sweet to long and lovely. (gasps) Yes. 
And some of them have the ugliest hairdos. They look like they have a bob, but then, then a ponytail. And then with like a ponytail. Yeah. So it's like oh, they yeah. have. <laughs> oh, I totally had those. I don't think it was, it wasn't a huge thing. Like, I mean, for me, I feel like my stuff was Cabbage Patch, Rainbow Bright. Mm-hmm. Those were huge to me. Um, yeah. So Dolly's surprise, I remember getting it just because it was one of those like satisfying things to get, you know? Yeah. But it's not like I had a collection. But, you saw oh, dur- I do. You saw a commercial during the cartoons. And so you're like, exactly. Oh, I have to have and one I was like, hello, yeah. do you see how her hair grows? Right. Well, according to the ghostsofthedoll.co.uk website, Dolly's surprise was produced by Play School and Hasbro from 1987 to 1990. They were a line of 10-inch dolls with growing hair abilities. When her right arm was raised up, her ponytail would magically grow by over three inches. Her left arm, when raised up and down, would wind the ponytail back into her head. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you could really fuck her up. And just go you like could this. just be like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, I do remember those. Yeah, they're kind of ugly. They're and really scary. ugly, but they would have different colors. Like the ponytail mm-hmm. would be all sorts of colors. So Dolly surprise for you. It just makes me feel good. I also want to try something new. This is aside from our trivia of the day. I want to play a little guess the jingle. Oh, okay. So I have two jingles and I want you to see if you can guess what these are for. Okay. Are you singing them? I'm not going to sing. I'm just going to say the words. Oh, okay. I rely on the music. Go on. Your fresh breath goes on and on while you chew it. With big red. Yep. Okay. See if you can guess this one. I don't think I realized these were the words. Oh, crap. Okay. Take a sniff, pull it out. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) The taste is going to move you when you pop it in your mouth. Oh. Oh, my God. is gonna move you when you pop it and take a sniff pull it out okay i'm assuming it's some well big red was the gum what 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 gum was this juicy fruit it was yep take a it's sniff, gonna move you i know snake take a sniff pull out. it out the taste is gonna move you when you pop it in your mouth that is horrible <laughs> no wonder our generation was so fucked up <laughs> oh my god I never realized. I mean, now that I, when you, I played the, um, the commercial on YouTube and I was like, yeah, those are the words. Oh my gosh. Dirty, dirty, juicy We fruit. never, never thought about that when we were kids. Nope. Nope. And I never would have, I think it's one of those, you know, the big red jingle. I remember being at a PTA meeting and I don't know <laughs> why it came into my head. We were like at an awards night and I was just like, man, there aren't jingles anymore. Have you guys noticed that? I was like, I always remembered loving the big red one. And so how'd it go? And I just started, and it was like, everything came back to me. But Juicy Fruit is not one. I don't think I've ever, like when you heard the jingle, did it all come back to you? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, completely. Like when I, I heard the, that again. yeah. Now, if you're lucky enough to get a Happy Meal in October of 1988, you would have gotten a storybook Happy Meal featuring Jim Henson's Muppet Babies. Now, to the best of my Google ability, it looks as though there were three books. One was just Kermit and me. The other was Baby Piggy, the living doll. And then we had the legend of Gimme Gulch. Gimme? Gimme. Gimme Gulch. Yep. It Ah. was Fozzie Bear, Baby Fozzie, and Baby Kermit in that one. And because we were obsessed with this book series, I can't believe we haven't been covering this lately. They pretty much released a new book every month between October of 1983 and like the 90s. Sweet Valley High. I figure we can oh. look at what book was released that month. What book was <laughs> released? So this for this episode, it was number 50, Out of Reach. God, it was already <laughs> Yeah. And what we missed was, so going back, the first episode that we did with Little Darlings is in the 80s. They hadn't released yet. But Clue okay. uh-huh. was in 1985. Right. So that month, it was the special Christmas, the first special God, edition. I loved the specials. <laughs> And then for the Splash episode in 1984, the book that released that month was number six, Dangerous Love, which we <gasps> talked about on Why Is Everyone Staring Hello. at Us? Oh, my God. Was that the motorcycle accident? Yep. Oh, and then yeah. for last week's episode in 1992, it would have been book 82, Kidnapped by the Cult. I never made it that far. 
I I made it all the way to 104. <laughs> that is where I made it. Oh my gosh. And I'm really mad at myself that I and that included all of the specials, all of the um the sagas they did. Remember the sagas? Mm-hmm. God, I loved those. That included all of that. Mm-hmm. I wish you could just pay one bulk price and have like access to every single Sweet Valley High book. Right. Well, you Ever. can do the the Kindle Unlimited. Right. And they have all of them. It's like $10 a month and you can get all of them. That's how I was reading them for. Yeah. And I think you get two months free if you, oh, you sign nice. up. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this week it was book 50 out of reach. Okay. So before we jump, take our first break and jump into the movie mm-hmm. and do a little Mad Lib. Your turn. Oh, yay. Okay. Oh, oh, I love this. I kind of remember what so, adjectives and verbs are. Go. <laughs> so this one is titled Let's Wrestle. Okay. <laughs> Let's. So I need a noun. Noun. Printer. And a part of the body. Pinky toe. And plural noun. Um, Clocks. A number. 93.5. <laughs> A verb ending in ing. Um, skating. A noun. Mm, a noun. Bike. A letter of the alphabet. Q. Part of the body. Uh, right labia. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what I want. That lip. (laughs) (laughs) Noun. Noun. Uh, Let's go with a uh, banana. A part of the body. I mean, do I go with the left? No, (laughs) I don't. Um, Belly button. A plural noun. Pencils. An animal. Uh, Snow leopard. A noun. Goodness. Uh, uh, book. An adjective. Um, bright. A country. Let's go with um, uh, Ireland. A number. 24.2. And article of clothing. Bra. Okay. So here we go. I'm so excited. I've just returned from WrestleMania, hosted by the World Wrestling Printer, and my pinky toe is blown. You wouldn't believe the massive clocks I saw throwing down in the ring. The arena was packed with 93.5 fans who were all cheering and skating. I watched Bike Hogan and Mr. Q go head to right labia with (laughs) a duo of bad guys. They smashed a banana over one guy's belly button. After the show, the wrestlers signed pencils for all their fans. (laughs) I got to meet my favorite wrestlers, Junkyard Snow Leopard and Andre the Book. I heard WrestleMania was so bright, they're going to do another one in Ireland. I would travel 24.2 miles to see these athletes in the ring again. Thankfully, I bought an official bra to remember this day forever. I like them smashing bananas over their belly buttons. You and, bad little um, bitches. What did he do? He went. Head over right labia. <laughs> head to right labia with a duo of bad guys. That's what I'm yeah. going to say from now on. There's a line. What I One thing I decided to say from now on. Well, now it's head over right labia. The next thing <laughs> I'm going to say in To Kill a Mockingbird, one of the lines was this woman, like this little girl scout mm-hmm. says hi to this woman. And the woman goes. Don't you say hi to me, you ugly girl. <laughs> I really want to start saying that to people. I think you should. I think I'll keep them away from you, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break here in a minute. But before we do that, let's look at the top 10 movies of that week. So going into the week when our movie opened, the week, so it would have been the weekend before, at number 10, we had Big. It was up from number 13. At number 9, we had Cocktail, which had been on the charts forever. At number I love eight, that movie. Number eight, we had Die Hard. At number seven was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
At number six, Crossing Delancey. Never saw that. I've never even heard of that. At number five, A Fish Called Wanda, which I love. That's a good one. Number four, Gorillas in the Mist. Never saw it. Me either. Number three was Punchline. I vaguely remember that one. Sally Field and someone, they were stand-up comics, right? Yeah. I don't think I ever saw it. I never saw it. And number two was Alien Nation. I remember hearing about it, but I never saw it. And then a number one was The Accused. Oh, God. That was fucking brutal. (sighs) That was heavy. Yeah, it opened that week. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll jump into movie talk. Mystic Pizza charts the lives and loves of three unforgettable waitresses in a little town called Mystic. For sexy Daisy Arujo, her sensible sister Kat, and their wisecracking friend Jojo, the summer after high school is a summer they'll never forget. Slinging pizza at a local restaurant, the three girls share their hopes, dreams, and plans for escaping their small town. Jojo was supposed to marry her longtime boyfriend at the beginning of the summer, but she got cold feet at the last minute. Is she really ready to settle down? Daisy has her sights set on a preppy, cool, rich guy she met at a bar, but is she classy enough for him and his wealthy family? Kat works as a nanny for an architect whose wife is in Europe for the summer. Kat has always said she doesn't have time for a boyfriend, but the handsome architect will test her boundaries. Now, as I mentioned, Mystic Pizza was released on October 21st, 1988, which conflicts with Rotten Tomatoes. They claim it came out on October 14th, but all the other sources say the 21st. Maybe it was just like a premiere kind of thing, like New York, L.A. premiere kind of Mm -hmm, thing. Maybe. Other movies that opened this week included Halloween 4, (laughs) The Return of Michael Myers. It debuted at number one that week. We also had Without a Clue. Don't know what that is. Bat 21. No idea. Things Change. No idea. Tape Heads. No idea. No. <laughs> and Lair of the White Worm, which I vaguely what remember hearing about going that. On? I think it was some sort of horror movie I never saw. Okay. And then our movie, Mystic Pizza, debuted at number seven. Nice. So it's rated R, has a runtime of one hour and 42 minutes, and has a 78% Rotten Tomatoes critic score, but only 54% audience score, <gasps> which I don't Why? understand. I don't know. I I saw one person's review, and I don't know if they're serious or not. They gave it a one star, and they wrote, Paul Rudd was not in this movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) What made you think he was going to be? And had he been in that movie, would it have been better? Was he supposed to be in that movie? Interesting. So I don't know if they were, like, like being a smartass. dickheads. Yeah. Okay. Huh. I love this movie. I forgot how much I love this movie. Love. Yeah. I hadn't watched it in several years, probably at least 10 years oh, since I lost it. Yeah. And I was like, why haven't I watched this since then? Because I it's loved so good. it so much. So much. It's good and it's funny. It's funny and it's touching. It has some really great moments between the friends. Yes. I thought. And the cast, I feel like, is absolutely perfect. I love this cast. Stars Those Lily three Taylor. women were perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lily Taylor as Jojo. She currently stars in Outer Range with Josh Brolin. Oh, okay. Back in the day, she was also in Say Anything. <sighs> I really remember her from Six Feet Under. Oh, yes. Yeah. She was Nate's wife. Huge, yeah. Who got killed by the by serial, the serial killer. killer. Spoiler alert. And, of course, The Conjuring, if you're a horror <gasps> yes. movie fan like we are. Then we had Annabeth Gish as Kat. I love she her. She is currently in The Mayfair Witches. She was also in Midnight Mass and Haunting of Hill House recently. She was in The X-Files. She replaced Scully for a while. Um, she was also in Shag back in the day, which was another favorite favorite movie of my friend Lisa's for sure, with Phoebe Cates and Bridget Fonda. God, I love Phoebe Cates. And then we had Julia Roberts as her sister, as Kat's sister, Daisy. This was one of Julia's first movies. She had also been in the Justine Bateman-led Satisfaction about a girl band. Oh, yes. Which released on February 12th of that year. Oh, girl, and I remember then, that one. Yeah, I haven't seen that probably I, since probably I first since saw it on HBO back in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. She was also in an HBO movie led by Leslie Ann Warren titled Baja, Oklahoma. And I think she played Leslie Ann Warren's daughter, Candy, in that. Okay. 
But she's since gone on to win. Hello. It's Julia Roberts. We Oscars all know who she right, is. Right. This also co-starred Vincent D'Onofrio as JoJo's fiance, Bill. So cute when he was younger. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Totally forgot the hotness. Mm-hmm. We had William R. Moses as Tim, the man cat nannies for. And then Adam Stork played Charlie, Daisy's rich boy toy. And then Conchata Farrell of Two and a Half Men fame as Leona, the owner of the Mystic Pizza restaurant. Mm-hmm. This was directed by Donald Petrie. When looking at IMDb, it looks as though this was his first feature film. He had done some TV series and movies before this. He would go on to direct some other fun ones, such as Miss Congeniality, Grumpy Old Men, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. The story and screenplay was written by Amy Holden Jones, who also wrote Indecent Proposal, as well as several others. And then Randy and Perry Housie, who also wrote the Civil Shepherd, Robert Downey Jr., Ryan O'Neill movie, Chances Are, which I completely forgot about. Oh my about. gosh, I totally forgot about that one. And the Ali Sheedy-led Made to Order. Also forgot about that one. Um, and Amy Holden Jones had also collaborated with them on Made to Order. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert gave the movie a thumbs up. And his review started with, and I quote, There is a certain breathlessness about the summer after high school, which Mystic Pizza captures with an effortless charm. Aww. I would agree. I love that. So you'd seen this before. Oh, yes. Do you remember when you first saw it? I know I saw it when it came out. And I remember, I mean, I just remember looking at Julia Roberts' hair <laughs> and being mm-hmm. like, how does one get that hair? Because it, I mean, her right. hair is like a character in itself. It's mm-hmm. amazing. But the way I looked at it back in 1988, like totally rooted for the um, hot dad and cat to get together. <laughs> That's so messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, totally rooted for Daisy and what, Charlie. Is that his name? The The rich guy. I think so. Yeah. Rooted for them. Loved. I loved Jojo and Vincent. D'Onofrio. Yeah. I thought they were adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was drawn much more to like the, the destructive, toxic, terrible relationships. <laughs> like even back then. And looking at it now that I, I mean, like that I have a little more life behind me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. No wonder our generation was so messed up. Yeah. When it it's, came to romance stuff. Mm-hmm. So well, Sweet up. Valley High. And Hello. This, I mean, I oh remember watching gosh. it on cable because we had our satellite dish by then so it would have been you know a year roughly so like 89 when i first saw it Mm -hmm. um, on hbo or something and i watched it on a whim i loved it but i too was like you i was i was seeing it through the lens of these young girls and why isn't everything working out the way they want it to especially for kat because i could see like her character of course she's gonna fall for him and he kissed her. So, of course, he wants to be with her. Obviously, he's I mean, in love with her. I felt her devastation when yes. she goes back to the house and the wife's there. Yes. Returned from Europe after but they nice just made out. nice way to keep the secret, y'all, as they both, like, stare each other down. <laughs> right. Y'all. Yep. Oh I was God. like, she totally knows something's <laughs> going down here. Like, do. if she doesn't, then she is stupid. Right. Exactly. So... What did you think differently this time around watching it versus? I think I was just able to see more of like the, in that era of our lives, I feel like we tried so hard to be what other people needed or wanted us to be. We tried Mm -hmm. so hard to fit into these boxes. And so honestly, when I was watching it, like, Of course, Daisy was in the box where she wasn't going to go off to school. She was going to be slinging pizzas the rest of her life. She was Mm -hmm. in that box, you know, and Kat, of course, was in the box where, you know, she's going to be successful. She's going to go off to a great college. She's going to have all of her shit together. So Mm -hmm. it's like it made me a little sad watching it this time. Just kind of remembering. I mean, I was always put into that musical theater box. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, I was going to do theater. But in reality, I didn't want to do that right you know right so i feel like that is a big part of our generation where we were really like now we're all like explore you know Mm -hmm. be who you want to be bang your own drum we're all for supporting diversity of any kind and back then we just were not Mm -hmm. so honestly that's what like kept going through my head was just like 
there is a, a like I love what Ebert said about this breathlessness at the end of the high school, you know, mm-hmm. your final high school year and just the possibility of like what's to come. But unfortunately, we did like get trapped in these little boxes. And, that, and is, my God, I hate child actors. Can we also just. Yeah. That Phoebe, little Phoebe girl was She horrible. was no um, Emma in Hand Over the Cradle. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Okay. <laughs> like at the, at the point where she, uh, Jojo's babysitting for her and she falls asleep with her witch costume on and she takes the mask off and she's pretending to be asleep, but her eyes are half open yes. and her mouth's wide open. <laughs> she's so dumb. I can't. My, people learn how to direct children. And children don't be dumb. <laughs> right. What I. What's confusing to me, though, is that going into this, I never thought until now, like, who's, it's a summer after high school, but who's summer? Because Daisy and Kat weren't twins. No. And Daisy says, Daisy says at one point, I I noticed it this time, she was like, at the top of the movie, she says something about her feet were killing her. She's like, can you imagine corns at 20? So... Okay. He was probably well, so at least it's... a year o- older yeah. than Kat. And Kat had obviously just graduated high school and she was taking a semester off before she went to Yale. Like she established yeah, that. Yeah, so it was really no one's summer. So it was, well, and it was like it was summer into fall for Kat. Yeah. I'm not sure where JoJo fell into that. If she was uh-uh. the same age as Kat and then Daisy was a year older than them. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. They were close enough in age. But But it was definitely a period of time where they had the time to be together. So I I feel like that was really dependent on Kat. Mm -hmm. It was her summer. Right. But I also remember, like now looking back, I can see why I identified with the girls so much because I was stuck in a small town. You know, my parents really, really, really wanted me to put, go into this box of blue collar uh-huh. And stay in my hometown, be straight, <laughs> and none right. of that was happening for me. And I could not wait to get out, but I didn't really know how. Yeah. So I think I could really relate to JoJo in that she's like, you know, everybody's telling me like I'm supposed to get married. And uh-huh. so that's what she had gone to. And then when her and Bill break up and he basically t- big breaks up with her, but then she goes back to the pizza shop. And says, well, I broke up with Bill because she couldn't fathom that he had broken up with her and taken away from her everything that she thought she was supposed to be. Right. And so she's going through and she's trying to figure out, well, now what do I do? Because now I no longer have this. So she has that monologue, which I thought was brilliant when she goes into work and she starts just, she's not supposed to be there. She starts setting tables. She's taking the chairs down and she's like, okay, so, you know, I can go to school and I can take that class for what's it called economics and then leona when you retire i can take over the pizza shop for you like she's trying she's scrambling because she yeah she never knew that she had other options than getting married yeah and how many of us can't relate to that i mean where you've had a breakup or any sort of major change in your life where it's then like oh crap Mm -hmm. (laughs) what how do i wake up tomorrow and do this again how do i function at this point going forward because this is not what was in the plan right which that's when those little boxes can be very comforting mm-hmm. so did you have these types of friendships back then um i definitely had the friendships where it was like unwavering support mm-hmm. you know i definitely did not have that sibling relationship that is for sure yeah but um, I do love that with these three, they are very honest with each other mm-hmm. and ask the harder questions mm-hmm. for the other one to face. And I love that the other one accepts what they're asking and doesn't, there's not a whole lot of getting offended or anything like that. I mean, they fight, you oh, know, yeah. but not because of anyone questioning really what they're doing. Like, I don't think Cat and Daisy would have fought. You know, if it hadn't fucked up Cat's night or and Daisy's, Daisy's night. night, right? Yeah, yeah. When she I don't think they would have fought. Like, anyway. Wipe your conscience. Ooh, damn, <laughs> girl, that was a good, good fight scene. Yeah, that was. Yeah, really the dialogue good. was really good in this movie. Was it was? But yeah, there was that support that. Um, but honestly, I didn't have a lot of like 
girlfriends mm-hmm. at those younger ages. And especially like when I got into high school and stuff, I had very few. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I had friends in high school, none that I was super close with. Like no one that would have made me think, well, maybe I do want to stay in my hometown. You know, mm-hmm. I think I can see this happening not after high school for me, but after college. Yeah. Because my friends Lisa and Jeanette and I were super close, super, super tight, like that whole last year. And I wasn't one to have just one small friend group. I had several larger friend groups that occasionally they intermix, but like I had mm-hmm. my friends that I was on the dance team with. And then I had my friends that I was in the health promotion and education group with. And then I had my other friends that I had met at the dorm that we just continued our friendship. Right. But I lived with my friend Lisa. We had a duplex and Lisa and I lived up up top. And then Jeanette and this other girl lived in the one below us. But we did everything together. So when I left, it was like a big life change. Right. And so I could see this in my last year of college or the few months Mm -hmm. before I moved and left Oregon for Texas. With Lisa and Jeanette. Not so much in high school, though. Yeah. I could see it probably. I mean, as far as the the chemistry and support between the girls, honestly, I'd say I'd see that more in my 30s. Because I didn't really, I mean, I didn't have girlfriends. I had some really great guy friends that I kept very, very close to me. And I would say that those were my, Mm -hmm. you know, those were my people. But I just, I wasn't ever like a girl's girl. I just wasn't. And I hate that now that I'm looking back. I hate it. <laughs> Who did you most relate to of the three girls? Oh, of the three girls. I was going to say the mom <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> totally related to her. Um, of three girls. I don't know. It's kind. Of, I was thinking about that because it's kind of like Sex in the City where you see yourself, and mm-hmm. a little bit of yourself in everyone. But I would say mostly probably Daisy. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I could totally see myself filling a car with fish because he pissed <laughs> yeah. me off, you know, um, just kind of, you know, flying off the handle and, and her kind of temperament. I think yeah. I definitely have, Yeah, you know, and the fact that there's, I mean, she's an obvious survivor, like she's going to figure the shit out, mm-hmm. you know? And I've always kind of felt that way that like. I'm not going to be homeless under a bridge. Like I'm, I'm going to figure my shit out as I go along. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I might be late to the party, but I feel that same way about her. Mm-hmm. But you know, she'll get it. Yeah. What about you? Back in the day, I would have been more cat because totally for that. a while I had no direction, and then right. all of a sudden it was like, no, I can get out of here. Like I don't know what else there is out there, but there is something out there. It's not here, so I can get out of here. So I was very driven on doing really good in high school because my first year of high school I did shitty like I had shitty grades because I just didn't care but then I Mm -hmm. realized no I need to apply myself because that's the only way I'm going to get the fuck out of here is by going to college Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be able to get into a college without good grades and I'm going to need scholarships because my parents can't afford to send me to college and I don't want to take out a bunch of loans so I was very driven very focused on school and what do I need to do to get out of here and get to college. So definitely cat. Looking at it now, I still have Mrs. those qualities. Arimo as well, aren't you? <laughs> if I'm looking just at the girls, um, uh-huh. I still have the driven like focus of cat, but I also have the sometimes in some areas, the aimlessness of Jojo. It's like she's not really anchored and she's not really sure what tomorrow right. holds, but she just kind of goes for it. Yeah. But I also have a no bullshit attitude like Daisy now. Yeah. Where I have Daisy's yeah, voice. Do. I don't, I didn't used to have that. But now no. I've, I've learned to like respect myself and demand respect for myself. Cause I used yeah. to let people walk over me so much that yeah. now I'm like at the other extent where it's like, you're not even going to get a toe to walk over me. Like I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. We're going to not do this. So yeah, I think. Like right, like you said, right now I can see myself in all all of them. Yeah, but back then it was definitely more cat. You were totally cat. Yeah, and even back then I would probably say more JoJo on my end. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, definitely more more Daisy. Yeah, this makes perfect sense why we're friends. It does. 
So some fun facts about the movie. It was filmed in Mystic, Connecticut, which is a real place. And there is a restaurant called Mystic Pizza. That was there before the movie? Before, yep. So I I know where I need to go take a vacation. Seriously. They still have a website. It's still open. They have a tagline. I love it. It reads, the pizza that made the movie famous. And according to their website, the restaurant opened in 1973, and they credit a secret recipe to their success, so much like Leona in Mystic Pizza. The screenwriter, Amy Jones, visited the restaurant one summer and got the idea for the movie. And then after the movie came out, the real Mystic Pizza shop became so popular, they had lines stretching around the sidewalk. And patrons would regularly go in and steal mementos like menus and glasses from the restaurant just oh, to have a piece oh, of that. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I could totally see that. <laughs> but I so would totally be one of those people. <laughs> right. So I really, really, really want to go to Connecticut anyway. But I we definitely need to go up want there to for like the change of seasons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like go for the fall colors. Yep. And then after swing by all and... of the tourists are out, like they've gone. Yes. So it won't be super crowded. So we'll have oh. we won't have all the people to contend with and we can just explore Mystic. Oh, that'd be so much. I would love to live in a place called Mystic. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But the Mystic Pizza restaurant in the, the real one was not where the movie was filmed. They only shot one scene of the movie film was filmed in Mystic Village. It was the scene where the fishing boat was going through the drawbridge. Where um, okay. I think Jojo was yelling at Yes. Bill, because he put mm -hmm. Nympho on the boat. Yes. And they got in that fight and she told him off and basically stood up for herself for for probably the first time. It's the 80s. (laughs) I don't need to marry an asshole. (laughs) So evidently that was filmed in Mystic. Okay. Because but it was it's a popular tourist destination. So it would have been too crowded for filming the movie. So they filmed the movie in a sleepy neighboring town called Stonington. And then they used a business on Water Street for restaurant filming. And in the early part of the movie, there's a scene where a pizza is being delivered via a motor scooter. Um, and they go past the town green where the two old cans are on display. And I guess that's also from Mystic. Okay. Um, but then they also filmed some parts in Rhode Island. So another fun fact, this was the debut theatrical feature film of actor-writer Matt Damon. <gasps> I Did you pick love that. Oh, yes. Steamer or something is what they called him. Steamer. (laughs) Yeah, he was Charlie. Steamer. Oh, my God. That doesn't scream like 80s wealth. Come on. (laughs) But John Cunningham, who played his dad, Mm -hmm. and this was also his father in school ties. What? Mm -hmm. I did not realize that. Yep. Another fun fact. Julia Roberts originally auditioned for the part of Jojo instead of Daisy. I, I I can't see her. No. That's Jojo. Depend, I, think I guess it would depend on who they cast as Daisy, but no, she's totally a Daisy. Yeah. Well, Gloria Estefan turned, was offered the role of Daisy, but she felt as though she wasn't ready to be an actress at the time, so she turned it down. Okay. I'm glad she did. Right. And I don't know how I love her, but I'm glad she I did. I do too. I don't know that I could see her. I mean, it's not that Julia Roberts and Annabeth Gish look like sisters, but... It's I just, don't know that I see Gloria Estefan and Annabeth Gish's sisters either. I feel like that was such a gimmick back then that you can't take the movies seriously when they would have the pop stars in. It's yeah. not like now where they truly like Lady Gaga is actually a really great actress and mm-hmm. also is a really great singer. You know, right, right. I feel like J-Lo is the first one that kind of started to help that crossover mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. bit. But... That would have just been, and that would have ruined the movie. The Mm -hmm. movie, this shouldn't be a gimmick, gimmicky movie at all. There was a sequel called Return to Mystic Pizza that was in development after the success of this movie in the early 90s, but it never went anywhere. Thank God. Leave it alone. And then one more fun fact was Conchata Farrell, who played the pizza shop owner, was also in Aaron Brockovich with Julia Roberts in 2000. Oh my God. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Oh, my God. And then Matt Damon and Julia Roberts have done a million things Mm -hmm. together. Yep. That's so much fun. I love those like small world things, Mm -hmm. you know, so cool. All right. Let's take another break and then we'll come back for some more chit chat. So what was your favorite scene in the movie? 
I mean, honestly, I loved the bar scene with the darts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tequila shots and then the pool. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I know what you are. You're a hustler. <laughs> yeah, <down my> ass. <laughs> I loved that. I loved the argument with Kat and Daisy. Mm-hmm. thought that was awesome. All of the scenes with Kat and the hot dad were so cringy. But I remember you like I used to love when they were looking out through the telescope. Mm-hmm. I do not. <laughs> I do not anymore. I think it's just so cringy. And then uh, when when they see when they're at the country club and they see him having like before the fish and all that mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of girls just want to have fun. Yep. You know, it reminded me a lot of that. So I yeah. think those were like my favorite. Favorite moments in it. Yeah. I loved when they were at the country club and they looked in and Kat was trying to get them to leave. And then Julia Roberts sees him with that other girl who she assumes is someone else that he's dating. And she jumps in Bill's truck and backs up to his Porsche and tips those buckets of fish into the open. Into his convertible. My car. My car. And then she's like, what is he? (laughs) He says something. Oh, like he wasn't mad about her doing this or whatever. And she's like, you're weird. I'm weird. Like <laughs> gestures back to the car. <laughs> she goes, I fucked up. And he goes, yeah, but you gave it 100% effort. You gave it 100% effort. He's like, you're weird. That's I'm weird. right. I also <laughs> really, really love that show or that show, that scene I mentioned earlier where Jojo and Bill break up and she has that monologue while she's mm-hmm. at the pizza shop. And she's trying to tell herself that everything's going to be okay. You know, it yeah. showed you that up until then, again, that she saw Bill in her future and the thought of not having him in her life really threw her. And how yeah. the rest of them notice, like, right now, we can't go up to her and tell her that everything's going to be okay. We can't try to, pl- you know, placate this. No. We need to let her think that, yep, this is exactly how things are going to go. Mm-hmm. Like when Leona's like, you're talking about taking over my pizza shop, bitch. I ain't dying yet. But right? okay. Yep. Okay. okay yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That yeah. Definitely can yeah. happen. Yep. Yeah, that was, God, they were all so good in this. And then I love the very, very end scene, too, where they're all out together. I thought it was a perfect ending of the movie. Yes. When they're sitting out there. Asking what does she put in the pizza? Yeah. Jojo says, you know what I wonder? And Daisy says, what? What the hell do you think Leona really puts in that pizza? It's called crack, Jojo. (laughs) Right. It's called crack. (laughs) Um, Favorite quotes. Did you have any? I loved that one. Hold on. I wrote it down just because it makes me. It was like, I love the way she delivered it. Oh, it was Daisy saying, Jesus Christ, these shoes are killing me. Mm-hmm. And Leona saying, Daisy, do you have to talk like that? And she goes, I'm sorry. I meant to say these fucking shoes are killing me. <laughs> I just loved that. Love, love, love that. I like That was really like, this movie wasn't a whole lot of, like, it's hard to think of this movie and think of any quotes from it. Right. I like the one where Bill was like, I'm telling you, I love you. And all you love is my dick. Do you know how it makes me feel? (laughs) Poor Bill. He was such like a, I just want to be like married and happy Mm -hmm. kind of guy. But then I can also see where she was like, you just want me to have your babies. Like, yeah, I'm not ready to settle down. You just want to go to this next chapter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm not ready because she has this friendship and she's young and fun and now to settle settle down and get married, yeah, she's going to become. A, you know, he wants her to be a mom, and that's where all of her mm-hmm. time's going to be from. You know, the time she's twenty on. So, yep. So, which of the three guys would you have gone for? Would I have gone for now? Back then, <laughs> I would have gone for the, the older guy. See, I think Hot I would have gone for Bill. Yeah, I, I would. I would then. never have gone for Bill. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. See, I think I would have found safety in the older yeah. guy because I didn't trust anyone that was like in their teens or 20s when I was that old. Right. They needed to be out and established because, I, like I said, I just didn't trust We all any. needed that father figure. <laughs> right. But then I think in college, had I watched this, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I totally would have been 100% down for Bill. I feel like I would have gone for what's-his-face, the preppy one, Charlie. Really? Yeah. I think I would have only because I would have been like, okay, the older guy was a dick. They'll never leave. I mean, what movie is that? 
Oh, and when Harry met Sally, she's constantly like, you know, he's not going to leave his wife. Like, they're never going to leave the wife. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. You're right. I know you're right. So, like, this is, I would have gotten fucked over by the older one. And then I think I would have immediately wanted to at least go to financial security. Yeah. I feel like that would have entered my head. I feel like uh, Bill, I don't know. He was too much of a good guy, like too much of a good, hardworking, you know, I'm going to love you and show it to you guy. And that would have been like, oh, well, I mean, I don't want like healthy. (laughs) You know, I feel like I would have been like that. (laughs) Yeah. See, and for me, I would have seen, oh, well, this is stability because I hadn't really had that. Right. You accept me for who I am and there's stability here. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Because I feel After like the Charlie... older one, I would go for whoever was completely wrong for me. <laughs> yeah. That because it's kind of like, OK, well, I'm not going to have the stability anyway. Mm-hmm. You're too nice. Because, I mean, there was the nice guy in high school that I should have gone with. Mm-hmm. I should have been with him and I wasn't. So there was that guy who would be the bill. And then there's the rich preppy guy who I totally did date in high school. And there, there was the older guy who totally fucked me over. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, it should have been Bill. Bill, I think, is the healthy one. Out of all of these three men, that is the one that we should strive to be with. Yeah. Because he also, like, yes, it bugged him that JoJo wasn't, like, you know, jumping on that train. But he still loved her and mm-hmm. still wanted to be with her. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was still there. So, yeah, 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 he's the he's the healthy one we should all be going for. Yeah. In the end, I think. And I feel like, too, she needed that time because it's perfect because they're all kind of going off. I mean, Kat's finally going off to college. Mm-hmm. Who knows what Daisy's going to do? I mean, her and Charlie, yeah, she put him to, you know, he's scooping ice cream. So he came <laughs> back to grovel. So it looks like they're probably going to work out. And, all right. And good for him. And so. That does happen, and it lasts for about a week, and then they go back to being assholes. So, right. Warning. <laughs> Any other scenes that stood out to you that you really liked? I mean, there were so many moments, and I didn't write them all down. Yeah. But just from beginning honestly, to end. Oh, I was going to say, honestly, Odell, this was like as a whole. I mm-hmm. just, I love this movie. I forgot how much I love this movie. And this is also a movie that I think has stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. I think Can it's good now oh, yeah. that I could show my daughters this and they'd be like, oh, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And it was great then. Yeah, it's not 80s cheese. At no, all. not at or all. Or even 90s cheese because there are plenty of coming of age movies in the 90s. And I'm like, yeah, OK, you were just basically recreating something from the 80s and putting a 90s spin on it, you know. Yes. So it didn't make it better. But this one, I feel like, is a good, legit movie. Do you b- agree with the R rating? No, <laughs> I know. I can't. I'm like, what in this PG 13? I could understand yeah, that. But I think even today, I think it would go for F-bombs? PG. I think so. But I feel like that would even make a PG rating today. Yeah, I could see it PG 13 just because of the F bombs. Because mm-hmm. there's, I could see that, not R for sure. No, there's R. no nudity. There's no None. sex scenes. There's no either. sex. There's no, I didn't realize it had an R rate. That mm-hmm. just, that's so dumb. Yeah. I would have figured PG or PG. The only reason I say PG-13 is because I had that quote down that had yeah. the F-bomb. It's the yeah. only reason I would see they would even put that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Oh. No, it does not deserve that. <laughs> All right. So last thing here. First line, last line. Oh, the yes. first line of the movie was be seated because we're at the, at the wedding. Okay, we're at the wedding. Uh-huh. Jojo and Bill when it first starts before she passes out. <laughs> right. And then the last the line last is, what the fabulous. hell do you think Leona really puts in that pizza? That's a great last line. Yeah, it's perfect. That's a lot better than, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, you were almost just killed, buddy, but oh boy. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's all I have on this movie, unless okay. there's anything else you want to go No, through. I mean, everyone should see it. It's a fantastic it's movie. Yeah, it's on HBO Max as of right now. I literally, I watched it on Wednesday and yesterday i thought you know what i might watch this again and i didn't get around <laughs> to it but i will definitely be watching it again it's definitely yeah, this will be a keeper when my girls want to watch movies from the 80s every once in a while they do this is going to be one that i'm going to mm-hmm. throw out there because they loved like girls just want to have fun and a lot of this reminded me especially with the friendships yeah of that movie mm-hmm. so all right well i have it's trivia time are you ready okay see if i can read this 
1980, following the suicide death of their lead singer, what new synth-pop and alternative dance band formed from the remaining members of Joy Division? Joy to, um, in a, in, no, it's not in excess. No, it was a Joy new Division. Order. Oh, of course. All right. Okay. 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 On July 10th, 1985, the Greenpeace mm-hmm. ship Rainbow Warrior was sunk in a port in a pair of explosions that killed a photographer still on board, an action that later found to be conducted by special forces from what European country? What European country? This is the Greenpeace. Uh, Ireland. Scotland. No. Russia. <laughs> Three is the max you can get. Okay. It was okay. France. Stupid France. I know. Okay. That's surprising because you usually don't hear about them doing. No. Like being like, aggressive. Not those people. <laughs> All right. What sitcom based in a Manhattan municipal court and starring comedian and magician Harry Come Anderson. Come on. Don't even put on up. the timer. Night Court. Yes. Okay. You got one. One of the greatest. All right. Lastly, and what I oh, know, I guess you have one more after this. I just need to pick yes, another. I do. Card. In what 1987 romantic comedy does the widowed Loretta Castorini accept a proposal of Johnny Cameron, then fall in love with his estranged younger brother Ronnie? Moonstruck. Yes, I've never seen that movie. That movie's so good. It's a really great movie. Okay, got two from there. Last one. What sneaker slogan did Portland, Oregon admin, what is that? Adman? Oh, Adman. I was like, what's an admin? Okay. What sneaker slogan did Portland, Oregon adman Dan Wyden famously dream up in 1988? Just do it. Thank you. Just do it. Yep. Yeah. All right. You got three. So you're still. Huh? Just two. Oh, no, you're right. I did get three because you said two from that one. Yeah. And then I got this yeah. last one. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Am I, am I still winning? Oh, you're still ahead. I've got like, I only have like three one. points. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. So now it's time to spin the wheel before we sign yes. off to pick my movie in two weeks. Next week, we'll be doing Madonna's Truth or Dare, the documentary, which I'm super excited about. So I'm not excited seen that. about watching You get it. to choose you have so many good songs to choose from since, I mean, you can actually Girl. pick one from the movie this time. And it doesn't have to be that year. No, some, sometime in that decade. So, I, oh, so this hello. came out in 91, so anything from good the God, 80s. Yeah, to, which, I mean, she didn't come out until the 80s, so. All right. I just shuffled it three times. All right. So spin. And now I'm spinning. And we're going, I'm, by the way, listeners, I've chosen the years 1993 to 1995 this time. Yes. We have I Love Trouble. Oh, God. Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte, right? Yes. Why did you even put that on the list? Okay. <laughs> now I remove that, right? Yep. And shuffle again. Okay. I'll remember these. Okay. I Love Trouble. Okay. Are you writing these down? I'm typing them up. Okay. Next one. So, no. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, God. That's a great one. Okay. Last one. Oh, one of my favorites. Seven. Seven. Ooh, let's watch Seven. I haven't watched that in forever. And we haven't done a horror yet. That's weirdly one that I watch way too many times to be healthy <laughs> i have not seen that since got at least the late 90s early 2000s probably oh my God. like i watched that just a couple weeks ago <laughs> that is a movie i literally will get out all the time oh, be like yeah. oh god i need something good to fall asleep to <gasps> seven. <laughs> seven you're Sounds weird <laughs> soothing yeah i remember seeing that in the theater when it first came out and i'll tell you the story all about it because my friend oh, lisa I and i wait. almost got asked to leave the theater <gasps> we got those scared giggles you know when you get scared oh, and you yes. don't know what to do and you start giggling and the theater oh, was packed and people were pissed at us so yeah all were. right so next week madonna's truth or dare cannot wait to watch that again this week and not either and then in two weeks we'll be back with the horror movie is it considered horror or thriller thriller seven yes can't wait Aww. 
All right. Thanks, y'all, for being here. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to tell all of your friends about us, especially any fellow Gen Xers. And don't forget to follow us on social media and your favorite podcast app. And be sure you're set to auto-download so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating. Don't forget to visit backwherewebelong.com to gain access to our ultimate playlists, pick up some merch, and do a deeper dive into all of our episodes. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. 